Matthew chapter 1. Before I read there, we've been on this thought of uncertain, and and you may... Let me, let me just share this with you. I'm really, I, I really started, this is where we were supposed to start or where I wanted to start. And as I got involved in the study and the preparation, I kind of backed into what we've been on with the gospel, uh, including the story of John in Luke 7, where John the Baptist, we looked at over and over uh, a couple of times that we saw in his life. Uh, but this is really where I started out. And I, I just believe that over the last uh, a couple of weeks, I said this two weeks ago. I come out. I was getting ready to come out of the office into the service, and uh, and the Lord said, I, "I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to give them an implant. I'm ready to implant a faith in their life." And to me, a little bit theologically, I didn't, I couldn't line that up because again, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. But I do believe that God said, "I'm getting ready to impart, implant faith in their life." And what I believe God is saying to us is if you're, if, you're, if you're willing and able, if your heart's receptive, God's about to drop a seed in your life that will spring up and produce over and over again. There's a, there's a level of faith that I believe God has called you to, that he's allowing us to, that if we will allow him. Listen, we know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? We know that. But I just believe that in your life that God is promising you that he's about, there's a place in your life that you're about to believe even through your challenges. Everybody's had uncertainties. Everybody. Uh, my goodness, this morning, I, I saw Joy Johnson before, before service. Where is he at? Right back here. Joy, we, they didn't know if he was going to make it, man. He went through the COVID thing, full blown. And again, here, I mean, everybody's been through stuff, right? Everybody's had uncertainties in their life. And, and if you have not, you, you will. And, and we can pretend if we'd like, right? We can pretend like we're just great men and women of faith. That it's unshakable. But the reality is, is everybody will come to place. I've tried to encourage you in this. If you don't ever have questions, then I don't know if you're really living in faith. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna live in faith, then you're gonna have times that your faith is what or what you believe is gonna be challenged. Y'all all right? Don't let my sweater bother you too much now. I'll jerk it off if I need to. Somebody said they started to come in without anything on their, and, and say that was their Christmas sweater. I'm glad we didn't do that. Amen? But, but everybody faces stuff. I mean, you, you can, you know, I, I, I've said this. A lot of people, charismatic circles say, you just got to fake it till you make it. Well, you can fake it if you want to, but it just don't work. Just don't work. There, there's a place that you just got to be honest and say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not sure. I'm not certain. And uh, that reality is true for every one of us. And, I, and I've said that we've, we've got these places that we come to that we don't know. But the testing of our faith, we got to know is producing something greater. And just as it says in Judges, God said to, uh, or in Joshua, God said to Joshua, Joshua, you got you to make sure that you stand this law, stand my word, meditate in it because you're going to need it because you got to be strong and courageous. And again, I do know that in my weakness, he's made strong. I do know that being courageous does not mean that I don't face any fears. Again, John Wayne's definition, I always use it for courage. Y'all know that, right? John Wayne's definition for courage, being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Again, the absence of fear is not courage, but really courage is realizing your fears and pressing on anyway. Yeah. 
And I believe there are times in your life that is what you're called to, that kind of life where courage, trust in the Lord is a reality. Matthew chapter 1, again, I, I kind of started out in this, I was just a month or so ago, I was looking at this and thinking, you know, as Christmas coming, I'm just kind of looking at the Christmas story. And, and it's familiar to us, so don't let it be so familiar that you're contemptible or don't hold the value in it that you should. Because again, I believe the story there is over and over, it's rich to us. In verse 18 in Matthew 1, after we see the lineage of Jesus there, it says, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, that after his mother Mary betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example or public spectacle, I think the old language uses there, not wanting to make her public spectacle, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, referring to Isaiah the prophet, it says there, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph been aroused from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he, underline this, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. Thank God for his word. Again, I want you to know it's not just we read the Christmas story because it's appropriate for this time of year. But I want you to see with me this morning, maybe some places where your life kind of parallels or maybe metaphorically this story fits your life and where you are. Because again, I believe that every one of us can, if we look at Joseph's life and you say, well, that was Joseph, the father of Jesus in the natural, that was Joseph. That I'm just saying that maybe if you look at his life, you may catch glimpses of your own life. You may, see place, you, may, you may see places where your life looks identical to his. Can you believe that? Come on, y'all quiet, say amen. Can you believe that maybe your life, there's some places, just maybe, there's some places. Don't let the sweater bother you now. I'm just saying that maybe there's some places where your life is kind of like his life. Let me show you that real quick because I believe if you look at Joseph, you certainly can find uncertainty. Finding uncertainty in Joseph. Watch this. This is creativity here. It's creating uncertainty in his life. Okay? So, again, when we look at that, I want you to look at your own life. Because I think you see in this that there are three things here that I want to point out real quick. Number one is this. His role was in question. How many of you could read the story and say, you know, I know Joseph was supposed to be, I know he's supposed to be Mary's husband, but I don't know after I read this story because it looks like things kind of not going to work out like he thought. I could say this morning that, man, if I'm in Joseph's place, I question my role. He's on his way 
to becoming the husband of Mary, assumed with that as he's a father of Mary's children. And now, man, everything now I think has to be in question. And isn't that what we all do? Isn't that what we all do? We think we are in a place and all of a sudden things are not like we think they should be or think what we had seen, what they'd seem to be and, and our role, maybe we question ourselves. When we think we know what the plans are and everything changes, we question ourselves. Come on, we question our titles. Our, anybody ever been there? You ever question yourself? I don't know if you have not. I have been. I've been many times questioned. I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do or not. After 30 years, I could say, a pastor, and there are times that if I'm not careful, the enemy can still question me. I don't know. I, this may not have been what you were supposed to do after all. I know I'm the only one, y'all. I'm just saying there's a place in your life. If you're not, look, look, the enemy always wants you to question who you are, your place, your identity. If he can ever get you to question who you are in Christ, man, if he can get you, How many of you ever wondered maybe over the last few years whether you're saved or not? How about the last week? Amen. How about, how about today? Maybe this morning you didn't have such a pleasant drive on the way in. And maybe you didn't, you, your reaction to somebody kind of road raging you, you didn't react exactly like you thought you should, or you didn't react like you should have acted. We don't even know if you saved or not. Somebody might have saw you on the way to church flipping somebody off. And if you're not questioning your salvation, they are at least. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I think I'm saved. I think I am. I think I am. I I'm just saying there's a place in your life that if you're not careful, the enemy will lead you to that place of uncertainty where you question who you are, your role, your identity, everything about your life. He can call into question. If you hadn't been there, you will be. Secondly, I think you can see this when it comes to finding uncertainty in Joseph's life. We can definitely say that God's plan was different than Joseph's. Maybe God's plan is bigger than we thought. Maybe God had more in mind than we did. Maybe God had in mind a lot of things about your life that he's wanting to use your life for that maybe you thought that you were not good enough or big enough. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're at a place that you really had this, you know, this high mind of maybe, you know, you're going to one day, someday, and you're going to show off and show out to everybody. Maybe you're not in the lights like you thought you would be. I'm just saying that maybe there's a place in your life that you have to face the reality. Look, Joseph, Joseph is just a man. He's engaged to this woman, Mary. He's just minding his own business. You know, you, you ever find yourself just kind of living your life, just kind of minding your own business, and all of a sudden God comes in and interrupts you and says, hey, wait a minute, this is not going to work out like you thought it would work out. Just minding your own business. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm just minding my business. I'm, I'm just minding my own business. But there are times in your life, if you'll allow God, even when you're in the middle of living life and you think you've got it all figured out. Look, Joseph, Joseph, I don't think would have been the guy who had been sitting around daydreaming about the day that the wife that he's engaged to, I don't believe he's daydreaming dreaming about the day. I can't wait to marry a woman who says she got pregnant by God. I doubt that's what he was daydreaming about. 
I can't wait to marry. I want a wife who, who's lost her mind. I want a wife who everybody thinks is crazy. That's who I want to get in. I mean, all you young men, listen to me. That's the kind of woman you're looking for. A woman everybody thinks is, is bat crazy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Y'all all right? Sweater okay? I mean, come on. Does it look all right? Let me straighten out my bow tie here. Online, God bless you. I'm just saying, there's a place, if you realize, this was not what Joseph had in mind. This was not what he had going on in his mind when he's thinking this woman. Now Mary, he's minding his own business. Now Mary's got a child and, and she's a virgin. That looks real pretty from this side. But I'm just saying in the middle of that, there was a lot of uncertainty. I would say he probably had all kind of questions swirling in his mind. I bet he had a list of names of guys that he thought, yeah, I've seen her. Look at him. I watched. I thought that he was paying a little attention. I'm just saying that maybe you've dealt with it. You've dealt with that place where maybe everything that you thought, everything that you had in mind, that it's not working out the way that you thought it would. And you may just have to acknowledge the fact that maybe God's plan is a little bit different. It may have a little turn in it that you didn't think it had. But let me just encourage you to know this. Listen, I always know that the bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. So again, if you'll just allow God to lead you along this way, he will show you at a place. He'll show you even though your ways, God, are higher. Isaiah said it this way. The Lord said this way. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. Proverbs, he said, you can't lean on your own understanding. You got to trust the Lord. How many of you have ever, ever been at the place that, man, your, your plans are not working out like you, like you thought they would, and you just got to lean into God and trust in him? I just believe that everybody in this room, you're going to be at that place if you're not somewhere. Next thing, look at me, look at it with me real quick. On, 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 the, on the PowerPoint, it says this, he was made for this with question marks. Because again, identity, role, plan of God, may, maybe, maybe, he fails to realize that actually what God had put him in, he had fitted him for. He had suited him for. Ephesians 4, verse 7, a lot of you know this verse, but again, I'd, I'd encourage you to write notes and go back to this. The Bible says that we have a grace that fits. We have a, a grace that fits the calling of our life. And I'm just saying that already God had already equipped Joseph, he had already made him for this time. He had made them. We know what God said to Esther, you know, Queen Esther, in a time where Haman wanted to destroy the Israelites. God said, it's for such a time like this. I created you. I made you for this. I just got news for you this morning, wherever you are, you may say, well, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. Listen, if you'll just wholeheartedly, heartedly 
sell out, follow God. I got news for you. He made you for this. He equipped you for this. Listen, he wove you together knowing that you were going to face this time in your life. And you can know one thing, that if he made you for it this season, this hour, there's always enough grace. We talked about it last week. There's always enough grace. The grace is already there. The ability is already there. We just got to learn to walk in it. Because there are times in every one of us that we fail to realize that, man, we've been fitted. God's not going to put anything on us that we can't bear up under, right? A lot of people use that as an excuse for certain sins that they just can't bear up under. That is not what it says. It says he won't put you in that place that he hadn't already made a way of escape. But I just believe it fits your life this morning to know that he's not going to put anything on you that he didn't already design you for. You're already equipped for it. He's already graced you for it. Now, again, if you're just making your own mess and saying, well, God, I'm just saying that maybe we need to look at maybe am I walking after him or am I doing my own thing? Because if I'm doing my own thing, guess what? I'm on my own and I'm on my own. So God help us to see that in everything. I'm just saying if Joseph, I mean, let's just be honest. If he looked around, he's got to be questioning, Lord, I don't know that if I'm made for this. That's what he's saying. It says that he had decided that he was going to break off the engagement with Mary. That's what he's doing. He's breaking off the engagement. He's going to put her away quietly, not embarrass her. How many of you know she's been wearing that bling for a long time? She's engaged. And now Joseph realizes, man, she's saying that she's pregnant. And she's pregnant with God's child. She's still a virgin. I got I to gotta get out of this mess. I ain't staying in this mess, this crazy woman. <laughs> I've seen some men just now perk up. I'm just saying, she's she not crazy as you are. I'm just saying that there's, come on, y'all. I'm just lighting up a little bit. I'm just saying that maybe there's a place in your life that you realize that you got to realize that maybe you were made for what you have right now going on in your life. Because I believe that in that, I think you can see just from his example, I think you can see that God will lead you through those times of uncertainty. So, so I want to I share these things with you, and, 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 and we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you go change the world. But I believe you can make it through those times. Yes. I believe you can make it through those times of uncertainty. And, and when we look at Joseph, I believe the same things to, that were happening in his life, regardless of whether you, you see your same situation, it, it may not be in the sense that, you know, that your, your life is as significant or your happenings are as significant, I, I can't say they are, right? But to you, they are. You, you may not, you know, you may not be getting ready to be the, the, the natural, the earthly father of the son of God, but your situation matters to you. If it don't matter to anybody else, it's huge to me, right? So, so in that, I want you to see how we make it through those times. Number one, I just believe that we can make it through those times of uncertainty just simply in this. We need an encounter with God. See, I just believe that we're in a time and a place that we need to realize that we still can have those God encounters. If you've been around fundamentalism any 
or if you're exposed to that, I know there's a lot out there on social media now that you can watch or listen to, but let me just say this. God is still in the business of you encountering his presence and his power. I know that sometimes people get stuck in a place that they, they believe that what God had and said and done, he finished when, when the Bible was complete, the canonization or the finishing of the Bible, it means that all the supernatural interaction, encounters with God, all of that ended then. But I got news for you. The word is very plain and very clear that the, the power and the presence of God is still very needed and necessary in our daily walk with God. We need, the, we need an encounter with God. If you're here in a place that you're struggling, let me just invite you to lift your hands and to open your heart because we, when you begin to do that, you will encounter the presence and the person of God. If you'll just surrender your life, let me just say it. I just believe the power of God is still freely available to your life as much as you want it. People say that stuff don't happen anymore. People don't have dreams anymore. You know, they don't have those encounters. You know, they're just, they're, just, they're just sensationalizing. I got news for you. It's too late for me because I've had those encounters. I've had those times where the presence of God took me away. I don't know if I was in my body or I was taken out of my body, but I can tell you this. God had those personal encounters for me when I needed them the most. And I'm just saying to you this day that just as God was willing to come and visit Joseph, he's just as willing to come and visit your life. You need to know that God is still able to lead and direct your life through those encounters. Now, again, I'm not talking about being some charismatic, mystic. Y'all know what I'm talking about, having a dream every few minutes. I had a dream last night that I think was from God. I think it was from God, but I don't have those often. I don't have those often, but I think it was from God. Or it could have been that it really wasn't God. It might have been the club sandwich I ate last night. I'm just, I'm just saying that there are times. So I'm, I'm searching that thing. Why? Because I believe that you can still encounter God, his presence, his power firsthand. The gifts of God are still without repentance. The gifts of the Spirit are still available. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, he said, you need to desire all the gifts. Desire, desire earnestly the best gifts. Then it starts in 1 Corinthians 14, you ought to desire the gifts. You ought to, you ought to desire the spiritual gifts that are available to your life. And again, sometimes we've made that as if it's about us when the gift is never about the recipient. The gift is always about the giver. So I'm just saying that with me together, can we open our lives and say, God, I need an encounter with you. I need the presence of God to invade my life. I need the presence of God in my life every day because in the natural, I don't have it all. I need the supernatural at work in my life. Again, I'm not asking you to sensationalize. And again, that's where I think Pentecostals, Charismatics, I think that's where we get in error is when we all about just having to mystify everything and keep it spooky all the time. But what I am saying to you is this. There are some things that God, by his spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit wants to do some things in your life. He wants you to encounter his presence in person.
look, man, I just, I just feel like I need to stop here for a minute. I'm just, I'm just asking you if you would just begin to receive the truth in your life that the presence of God in person is right now in and working in your life. That his spirit is still at work. That, that God is not dead. He's not, he's not locked away off in the distant past. But right now, the spirit of God desires to do work in your life. Just lift your hands for a minute with me. Let's just praise the Lord. I, I just, the Bible says that God inhabits a praise of his people. I'm just saying if you just need the presence of God in your life, I wonder if somebody just lift your hands and say, I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to love on you a minute. Come on, just lift your voice and say, Lord, I just, I'm just so glad that your presence is available to my life, and I don't have to go this thing alone. I'm just in a place, Lord, that I'm not sure. I'm uncertain, but God, I'm so glad that you're with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, just thank the Lord for his presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, your power. I'm just saying that there's a place in your life that just like Joseph, I just believe that you're going to encounter God. He'll give you, he'll give you, he'll give you a vision. God will give you a dream. You'll, you'll have that moment. I I tell people I was at a place I was ready to give up and it's June of 1993, years ago now, but I never forget that moment where God spoke to me. I had an encounter with God and God spoke to me and he aligned my life. Watch with the second part. Not only do you need an encounter, you need a word. Watch now. You need a word from God. So I found out that the spirit and the word always work together. So you need an encounter with the spirit of God, but you need a word from God. And in that moment, I was telling you about 1993, I was in a moment where I, I had this encounter, the presence of God, I believe was leading me and directing me, but he directed me specifically to a word from him. And as God established his word in my life, I just want you to know that, that the word of God always will align you. In that encounter, God's word is established. Look, he's given us revelation of himself through his eternal, unchangeable word. And just as direction was given to Joseph, watch, he aligned that direction with the word. It was not that he had a dream and the angel of the Lord visited him and he left him without anything to line that encounter up with. But he actually lined it up with Isaiah chapter 7 where that prophecy was already established. That word from God was already established. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that as God begins to lead you and you encounter the supernatural in your life, he will align it with the word, the logos, the spoken word, the written word. He, he will align you. I, I know we make a lot out of the word rhema sometimes, and, and that simply means that the word comes to life, the living word. But I want to tell you something. All, every ounce of the word of God is living. So I just encourage you to know that, that even now that God in leading us through uncertainties is this, that God will make sure that what he's leading us to is aligned by the truth of his word. Hebrews chapter 4 says the word is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It searches us, it opens our heart, and it knows our motives, our intents. 
And I just believe that today that we see that firsthand the reality is, is God's word continues to direct us and lead us. When you need, listen, if you're in a place of uncertainty, I'd encourage you to do something. Take a moment, get along with God, open the Bible and ask God to speak to you. I dare you to open the word of God and say, God, talk to me. Why? Because he'll begin to talk to you. But here's the thing. If he does talk to you, are we willing to listen And the last thing is this, are we willing to comply with it? So I've known a lot of people through the years, and I'm picking on myself. I've been Pentecostal. I've been around Pentecostal churches all my life. But listen, I've known a lot of Pentecostal people who talk a lot about what God is saying. They just don't ever do anything about it. Man, they've got these sensational experiences. I mean, they've seen God do great things, and they've had a word of God spoken over their life. They even find, I'm just saying that if that is the case, let's make sure. Listen, we need a spirit of compliance. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 119. He said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But again, we know that if we're going to live out the purposes of God, if you're going to make it through, through your uncertainties, watch this. You got to make sure that as you see God, as God shows you himself, as he demonstrates his presence, as he drops that truth into your life, let's just make sure that we're willing to do what he says. Well, how do we know Joseph did? It's very simple here. I got you to underline it a moment ago. The Bible says that when Joseph had the dream, God told him, said, you're going to have that Mary's going to have this child. It is of the Holy Ghost. And by the way, call him Jesus. And what's the last thing say? It says that Mary did bring forth a child and Joseph named him Jesus. He complied with the word. I'm just saying that in our lives, let's make sure that we're willing to cooperate with what God is doing. I'm just saying that God's in a place that he's leading you to a place that through your uncertainties, you may not understand it all. I'm just going to be honest. There are times in your life, if you're going to follow the Lord, how many of you really willing? I'm ready to set out and follow the Lord regardless. I just believe there are people in this room today that you've made up your mind that you're going to serve him. But watch this. Even in that, you're going to have places where questions are swirling. Tell him, say, he's just trying to encourage you. Tell somebody, that's really encouraging, isn't it? I'm telling you that if you're going to follow the Lord, you are going to have questions. There are times that if you're going to sell out and follow him, regardless of whether or not it's it's in in what we know as as ministry in the church or or your service at your workplace or or your family, you've been a husband or a wife, I'm just saying there's a place that I believe God's calling you to sell out. He's calling each of us to sell out. And and, and in that, I'm just saying, will you let God prove himself? Show that he establishes you in his word by doing what he says. I'm just saying that we are at a place that may be our cooperation with the word. See, Joseph, not only did he receive the dream, not only did he have this promise, this direction, but he cooperated. He complied. He obeyed. And man, that's the key to you sustaining life through your uncertainties. Are, are you with me? The key to you sustaining life through your uncertainties is has God, what has God said and what are you doing with it? Amen. 
I could take you to time after time where I had a moment where God, I encountered God. And again, I know, I know that when I walked in this building the first time, uh, it, it, it did not look right. Some of you that were with us saying, y'all remember that. Y'all remember this building didn't look right. It was a sewing factory. It wasn't in good shape. There was ponds of water around in the, in the building. There were trees growing out of the side of the structure. <laughs> You're supposed to be a church that affects this region. Going up there, I pulled by this place. God said, you need to ask. And he reminded me of his word. You have not because you ask not. So I walked in and I asked. And I said, is this available? He said, no, nah, man, it's not available. He said, they just put it on the market. I said, can we not rent some space? He said, no, nah, but you can buy it. All I'll say is this, is when you step out into that, there's, some still, there's a, a lot of questions. My head was swirling when I walked in this building the first time. That was the actual name of the place, Swirl. And I was swirling. But how many of you know that somewhere or another, you got you to be willing to step out into the unknown, into the uncertainty? You, you, you know this, I mean, Peter, he sees Jesus and he has this great moment of inspiration and, and he says, Jesus, if you just say the word, I'll step out on the water. You better watch what you ask God for. Jesus said, come. And the Bible says that Peter in that moment, he stepped out of the boat and what did he do? He walked on the water. But the fact was, is when he got out of the boat, he wasn't sure. If you don't believe that, just watch the story. Because even though he was walking on water, what happened? He began to, he began to sink. But I always said this way, and I always remember this. If you're going to sell out and follow God, it may not always be certain that you're not going to sink sometime. But one thing for sure, y'all know it well as I do. Those other 11, they, look, they were guaranteed not to sink, and they were guaranteed not to walk on water. They never got out of the boat, and they never saw God do anything supernatural. I'm just saying there's a place in your life that you got to step into the unknown, into the uncertainties, and say, God, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I'm going to step into the unknowns and watch and see what, God, you might have in mind for my life. Young people, I just believe today there are men and women in this room, young and old, that God has got his hand on your life. And you just simply need to begin to cooperate. Stop telling me of all the... I don't want to hear about all the... I'm sorry. I don't need to hear about all your famous podcasts that you've been listening to. Somewhere or another, let's grow up and begin to do it and stop being inspired by it. Is the inspiration bad? No, it's not bad. But God help us to realize that all this inspiration, we need to be doing more than we're doing in the body of Christ. We got all of it available to us. I mean, it's at our fingertips, and we can watch podcasts, and we can watch all the sermons, and, and a lot of us doing nothing wrong with that. But all I'm saying is this, is if we're going to get something from God, if God's going to inspire us, let's make sure we rise to the occasion and begin to comply with what truth we're hearing revealed to our life. Amen? Because I think that you can look at Joseph and say, hey, he had all the reason in the world to question the will of God. 
all the reason in the world. Makes it kind of, makes your situation kind of, sorry, but I know that some of you like to dramatize it, and I know you like for everybody to think you, you know, yours is more complicated. I know. And some of them may be, I'll give you that. Some of them, your situation may be more complex than a lot of others. But I'm just saying that, <laughs> you're talking about uncertain. <laughs> Joseph was at a place of uncertain. But aren't you glad that, that we're not just hearers, but we're doers? <laughs> I'm talking, I feel that right now. I'm talking to some people. You, you've made up your mind. I'm not just hearing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to line my life up. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I, I see it on some of you. I know that God is calling you in a place. You said, you know what, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter what it takes, but I'm going to align my life with the Word of God. And I'm going to do what He's told me to do. Even if it don't all make sense. Even if it don't line up. Joseph, marry the woman. But everybody will think I'm crazy. Marry the woman. Because the thing she carries is a God thing. And I'm just saying to you this morning that as crazy as it may seem with all your uncertainties, I'm just saying that maybe still you're carrying the thing of God. He will see you through. And you're going to see that in everything that you're questioning, God's going to lead you all away. And he will not. Listen, look at me. He will not let you down. He will not let you down. I might let you down somewhere. He may let you down. She may let you down. But I'll promise you, he won't ever let you down. You may feel like you're going under, but just remember, save me. And Jesus will make sure that he makes a way.